Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how distraction can alter your memory and the science behind the Hindenburg disaster of 1937. You'll also learn about what calculus can do that algebra can't from popular mathematics writer Stephen Strogatz. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Picture this. Your phone dings and you've got a text message or an email. You glance at it, then get back to whatever you were doing. Seems like that distraction just took a second, right? Well, new research suggests the consequences of little distractions like these could be monumental. As in, they may even be altering your perception and memories of reality. Do I have your attention yet? Here's the scoop. Our brains are not wired for multitasking. We've talked about that a bunch before. Even if it just takes 10 minutes to reply to your boss's email while you're working on a big report, the lapse in concentration could set you back up to 25 minutes. But on top of hurting your performance and slowing you down, scientists at The Ohio State University now say distractions can impact your memory in ways you don't even realize. A team of researchers had 26 participants look at a computer screen with four blank squares on it. Then, in less than the blink of an eye, all four squares were colored in, and only one of them had a white outline. And then participants took a color wheel, and they would click on the point that showed the color of the square that was outlined in white. They were surprisingly good at this, despite the fact that flash happened so fast. But that wasn't the only challenge. To make things harder, the researchers tried to distract participants by surrounding one of the unoutlined squares with four dots. Most of the time, the participants were able to effectively ignore the distracting dots. But 20 to 30% of the time, they would report the color of the distractor square instead of the correct target square, which is a mistake the researchers call a swapping error. And the participants who made swapping errors were just as confident when they reported the wrong color as they were when they picked the right color. Even stranger was the second most common type of error, which researchers called repulsion errors. In these errors, participants would almost get the color right, but they would shift it away from the color that distracted them. So like if the correct color was green and the distraction color was orange, participants would click on the blue-green area of the color wheel close to the original color, but farther away from the distraction color. It was like they were unconsciously overcompensating for the distraction. The study's lead author said the results raised questions about memory. I mean, it's possible these results could help to explain lots of memory glitches, from everyday problems like, did I remember to lock the door, to more critical ones like eyewitness testimony. But here's the takeaway for you. Try to slow down and stay focused on one task at a time. Even more important, remind yourself that your memory isn't perfect. You might think you remember everything clear as day, but it's a good idea to double-check just in case. Speaking of memory... Today, we have a story about the science behind a historical event that was a turning point for transportation. I'm talking about the Hindenburg disaster, the tragic event that happened on May 6, 1937. The Hindenburg disaster killed 36 people and brought the once bright era of lighter-than-air transport to a screeching halt. But at the turn of the 20th century, it seemed like the future of transportation was in airships. Lighter-than-aircrafts that gain their lift from large gas bags and can navigate under their own power. Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin flew the world's first airship in 1900 and built several more in the years to follow. And not all of the Zeppelins were disasters. After being unveiled in 1928, LZ-127, or the Graf Zeppelin, flew over a million miles, 
becoming the most successful Zeppelin ever built. But other airships weren't so lucky because of one element, hydrogen. Hydrogen is the lightest element on the periodic table, which makes it a fantastic lifting gas. But when mixed with an oxidizer, such as, you know, the oxygen in our air, the slightest spark can make it explode. That danger led German aeronautical engineer and Hindenburg creator Hugo Eckner to design his ship with helium as the lifting gas. Helium is rare, expensive, and weighs twice as much as hydrogen, but it doesn't explode because helium is a noble gas, which means it's not flammable. So then what happened to the Hindenburg? Well, unfortunately, in the 1930s, the United States had a monopoly on the world's supply of helium. The government was afraid that other countries might use helium for military purposes, so they banned its export. And that's why Eckner retooled his 800-foot-long Zeppelin to use hydrogen instead. As a result, on that fateful May day in 1936, the Hindenburg burst into flames upon landing in Lakehurst, New Jersey, at the end of its first transatlantic crossing. 36 of the 97 people aboard were killed with a fire officially being blamed on a discharge of atmospheric electricity near a hydrogen gas leak from the airship. The disaster marked the end of the airship era. But what if it had never happened? If Eckner was able to use helium as he planned, would the skies of today be punctuated by dozens of grand airships? There's no way to know how the transportation industry would have been different. But one thing is likely. 36 lives would have been spared. Today's episode is sponsored by Purple Mattress. Here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning? Did you try to flip your pillow to make it a little cooler? Were you constantly interrupted by your cat trying to cuddle? I know I was. Yeah, I don't think the Purple Mattress can fix that problem. (laughs) But if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep in general, then you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses a brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. So it feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. It's not like the memory foam you're probably used to. And the Purple Mattress keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. When you order it, you'll get a 100-night risk-free trial. And if you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's also backed by a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple. And right now, Curiosity Daily listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's on top of all the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text CURIOUS to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text CURIOUS to 84888. That's C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Calculus can help us cope with the world in ways that algebra just can't. And on today's Monday Math Refresher, we're going to drill into how that works. Although don't worry, I promise you won't have to write down any numbers. Last week on our podcast, we learned why without calculus, we wouldn't have GPS, ultrasounds, or life-saving HIV therapy. And right now, popular mathematics writer and Cornell University professor Stephen Strogatz is back with more on just what makes calculus so special. I somehow made it through college uh, with a Bachelor of Arts and then never took a calculus class. I did trigonometry, geometry, college algebra a couple times, just for fun, not because, you know, I did poorly. <laughs> but I never got to calculus, and it seemed to me that there was something different about it, something, you know, entire ways of thinking about numbers and, and equations that's kind of separate from other uh, disciplines of mathematics. 
Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? It, it, yes, you are right. It's, it's separate in that things become dynamic. Calculus is the first place where you can cope with things that are moving around, that are changing, that are in flux. And we all know that we live in a world in flux. Our own lives are changing all the time. We certainly see the weather and the environment. Before calculus, math didn't have the tools it needed to cope with change, except in the very, very simplest case of change, which is embodied by a mantra we might all remember from high school, distance equals rate times time. That's algebra's version of trying to deal with change. And it's for, say, a car driving down the highway at 60 miles an hour. If it drives for two hours, then you go 60 times 2 equals 120. You know, distance equals rate times time. That works when when something moves at a constant rate or, in that case, in a constant speed. But when rates start to change or, in general, when the thing that's changing is changing in a changing way – if you see what I mean. Like when a planet goes around the sun, it goes fast and whips around the sun when it's close, but then when it's far away in its orbit, it slows down. Or think of a ball, you know, say a javelin in flight, or you've thrown a ball like a a football, you know, maybe a, a quarterback throwing a long bomb down the field to the wide receiver. The football is going up, and then it sort of hesitates near the top, and then it speeds up as it comes back down. The speed of the ball as it's flying through the air is not constant. Distance equals rate times time does not describe the the arc and the trajectory of a football or the trajectory of the astronauts going to the moon or pretty much the trajectory of just about anything else in the real world. For, for real motion on our planet or out in the universe, you need calculus. Algebra is just not up to it. For things that move, you need calculus? Sounds kind of important. You can learn more about why calculus is cool in Stephen Strogatz's newest book, Infinite Powers, How Calculus Reveals the Secrets of the Universe. And the title of that book begs a question I'll ask him next week. Can calculus solve the secrets of quantum mechanics? Stay tuned for next Monday's Math Refresher to find out. So why were we so excited about the stories in today's episode? Well, we got one more reason why distractions are bad for us. Seriously, this is like a way bigger problem, I think, and a way bigger social issue than people realize is distractions. I think we're all just walking around so distracted all the time, especially, you know, if you're walking around a city like Chicago, seeing pedestrians and drivers who are constantly glancing at their phones while stuff's going on around them, it can get pretty dangerous. Yeah. And trying to eliminate distractions is easier said than done. For sure. But at least we're giving you reasons to think about it. And speaking of thinking about things, I thought it was interesting to hear about what exactly happened with the Hindenburg. Yeah, and I like to imagine an alternate reality where the Hindenburg disaster didn't happen and the future is just full of these high-tech airships. I will say there's an episode of the TV show Archer, the cartoon, where they go on like a luxury air vessel. It is so funny. It's like one of my favorite episodes of that show because Archer keeps insisting that the whole thing is going to explode even though this ship is actually using helium and everyone keeps saying through the whole episode, helium is not flammable. (laughs) So good. Check it out. We also learned that for real motion, you've got to use calculus. Algebra just isn't up to snuff. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer and Steffi Drucker and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com. This podcast was scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.